I'm sorry that I missed your party. I wish I had a better excuse, but I can't even lie, you got me. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. I was busy dreaming about boys, boys, boys. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. Let's get ready to rumble. Welcome to Aya versus the Big Boys. Tonight's fight. Network. Hello and welcome. My name is Kevin Cookman, resident big boy and ringleader for the matchup of the century. As you very much know, we are struggling in a global pandemic. Most of us working from home. The side effect of that, a lot more free time to catch up on media of all shapes and sizes. We all have movies we know we should have seen by now, but just haven't. Call it the canon. Call it the IMDb Top 250, or call them the big boys. The pinnacles of cinema may be the most explicitly patriarchal artistic medium of all time. It is time for a bro movie beatdown. Without any further ado, in today's episode, and every episode, watching today's film for the very first time, I am joined by the titular prize fighter herself, the content lord fucking g- demon fuck Faye Dunaway herself <gasps> of the real world. Whoa. Layman. Oh, Kevin. You are... <laughs> one, of my favorite, one of my favorite lines in this movie was, speaking of what you just said. What? <laughs> <laughs> You're a madness, Diana. Pure madness. And everything you touch dies with you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like i am in love with you <laughs> it's so hot <laughs> oh she's so bad she's it's bad. so good Whew. it feels so good to be so bad what's up buddy <laughs> i'm dying out here brother i'm fucking <laughs> dying i i don't know what happened i <laughs> I believe I got food poisoned without any of like the shitting and puking that comes with getting food poisoned. Come on, man. This is a family podcast. I've gotten dizzies. I've gotten fatigued. I've had hot sweats and yet no massive excretion. It's been a very odd experience. I had street side tacos last night and I have a feeling that the pineapple in my at pastor on fucking San Fernando by the Korean church. Uh-huh. I think they spiked the pineapple. <laughs> I think I got drugged. I'm fucking dying here, dude. I am feeling the effects almost 24 hours later of just being zooted off my boot. You have and taken I'm, some L's. I'm crazy, man. This week. You've taken some L's. You saw Eternals. You were taking some L's. Ish. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the L's just keep fucking stacking, brother. I mean, I am so... I, look, pardon me if on this episode... I am not entirely on my game. I am literally melting. I am literally going to say the N-word. I am absolutely out out. of my gourd. I'm leaving. (laughs) God, that was awful. I do not condone what he just said. I don't know what has gotten into this young man. This is freak freak shit. How you doing, Ayo Layman? 
I'm fine. I don't know, man. I was doing great. And then uh, read Taylor's version released last night and I fell to the ground weeping. So I don't really know how I'm doing, bud. (laughs) All right. So we're both like in a similar state, it sounds like. I think so. I think so. Kevin, uh, Taylor, I just watched um, a great film of our time, Taylor Swift's um, first foray into filmmaking. She's directed music videos before, but now she has released all too well the short film that is available on letterbox.com to log and rate. And if you, I mean, personally, I just went on my timeline and it was entirely Taylor's, uh, Taylor's lived all too well, 10 minute long version, Taylor's version from the vault. And uh, I, I'm, I'm on rocky terrain here, babe. Okay. Like I'm barely holding on. Okay, brother. Like I've got Taylor Swift performing her best song. One of my favorite songs and the picture, the picture, it stars Dylan O'Brien. Okay. Who I have a longstanding belief could be one of the greatest actors of his generation if he was not oh, cursed. What? If he was what? not cursed. I think we, he's a we, great we, actor, and I think that he could be doing a lot better if he was not literally cursed. What do you mean? Like, if he was in a <laughs> single good film? Like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, well, because he, well, he's cursed, Kevin. Like, I'm literally, I literally am saying the words he is cursed. Like, he, while filming The Maze Runner, famously disrupted some Native uh, articles. Okay. Uh, ri- uh, uh, what is the word? Uh, you know, not Artifacts. Relics, artifacts. Uh, and he got himself cursed because then he almost died while filming the Maze Runner and he can't get a damn good movie off the ground. His best performance so far was when he did the quarantine series with Sarah Ramos and played uh, Eduardo Saverin. This is one of the great actors of our time. This That's is one of the who great actors of our time. You're putting some money on on Dylan O'Brien. I am. I, well, I'm not putting the money Maze on Maze Runner. I'm not putting Love money on Monsters, him. Bumblebee. <laughs> And a bit part well, he's in the, the voice. internship. He's the voice of Bumblebee. He's the oh, voice of Bumblebee. Good. Oh, he's bu- he's Bumblebee. <laughs> As I just he said. He is Bumblebee. He, he's the titular Bumblebee. I'm not putting money on Dylan O'Brien because he is cursed. But I think he could be one of the best and most successful actors of our generation. And I am hoping that Taylor Swift putting him in the short film will get other people on in my camp, if you will. You, we don't do a lot of TV on Aya versus the Big Boys, mainly because it's so unwieldy. Mm-hmm. But uh, to, to to force you to watch a film is already so much work yeah. on everyone involved in this podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, just hands uh, making you watch a season of television uh, is literally impossible. Uh, but Dylan O'Brien is in the new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, I forgot! And you know what I think he's doing? Uh-huh. I think that he's kind of making fun of his. Former co-worker, Tyler Posey. Who's Tyler Posey? Tyler Posey is the titular Teen Wolf. Oh. Is Tyler Posey have a, a band, a musical he act? He does. Okay, so it's actually pretty direct. Yeah, it's yeah. It's pretty, pretty direct. It's not like a low-key thing. Like, I showed it to somebody, and then I showed them a clip of Tyler Posey's band, and they were like, oh. <laughs> okay. That's what I listen. I, I there's a the ringer does his podcast about prestige TV, which I think is one podcast too many for that network. Uh, but they're 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 doing recaps of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I just in in and of itself a podcast about Curb is just very funny. Uh, and they these two middle aged men could not pin down who the fuck Dylan O'Brien was trying to embody, and so it only makes sense 
It's it's because he's making fun of the Teen Wolf himself. It's because he's making fun of his former co-star, Tyler Posey. That's pretty good. Is he in it's, every episode of Curb? He's been in one episode so far, and it's been fucking savage. Just absolutely. Uh, if it's if it's supposed to be making fun of him, it's the most brutal thing anyone's ever done. <laughs> I don't know if he's making fun of him directly. He may have been like, yeah, we're, you know. I I'm mean, gonna- it's, a te- it's the Teen Wolf guy, and Dylan O'Brien's character is all about dogs. That's his big thing. He loves dog. I mean, it's it's Tyler Posey. That's tough. That's really tough. Is he? Have you doing seen much? Of, yeah. I've never he's seen very, one episode very of funny. Your Enthusiasm. I've never seen one episode. What's uh, what's stopping you? What that, I feel like that's a show that you would enjoy getting a mighty har har out of. I agree. I don't know why I've never started it. I just, how many seasons? Is it fourteen. Uh, there's a fuck ton. It's yeah. a it's a it's a whole wealth of treasures. I do think I'd love it because, as you know, I like love Seinfeld. Folks, subscribe to the Merry-Go-Round Magazine Patreon and we will make Aya watch all 14 seasons of Curb Your Enthusiasm and do an episode on every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that. Maybe like maybe we could do like a weekly roundup. Ooh. I'd, of like what I what I what I happened to watch that week. Oh my I'll slap God. it on you, while I'm working. You're really into just gladiator match television. You just want to watch people fight in that ring. Maybe so. Maybe you just so. Wanna, you just want some angry television i am all about angry people on tv (laughs) uh we have been covering on the show a lot of recent releases so far we just got into like a consistent release calendar and all the big boys the modern big boys have been coming out at once and we've been kind of slacking on the true tenets of uh, the the AFI 100. You know what I'm talking about? Like the real do-your-homework type movies. And today, I, uh, we're talking about Sidney Lumet's Network, which is a movie that I think everyone should see, but holy fuck, was I really excited for you to see it. I wanted you to see this. You Speak are uh, the resident TV lady. Uh, you are the uh, young TV career woman. This is obviously a primary interest that you are very vocal about. Uh, something that you rep on the reg. And so Network, known as one of the greatest satires of our time, alongside the likes of Candide and Monty Python and anything that's truly uh, searingly uh, critical of society. So this is this seems all up your alley of just real savage, mad, Aaron Sorkin type shit. This is the primordial slime from which every flashy screenwriter crawls out of to have their own flair and rhetorical spin on things. This is a workmanlike director who is coming up through the ranks of just getting movies out and in the seventies finally creating his own sort of personal vision, teamed up with a screenwriter who is maybe a bit too proud about his own writing and gets to team up with this workman who gets to cut down the pride a little bit. This is proto-Fincher and Sorkin. This is proto-Social Network. This film is a lot of the DNA of a lot of the shit that you really, really love. I mean, even on this viewing, I couldn't stop thinking about oh wow this is just succession this is literally succession yes yeah yeah it is so given that this movie is 
the genesis of so much shit that you love. I wanted to know, Miss Aya Lehman, okay. what do you think of Sidney Lumet's 1976 network? You know, <laughs> you know, I, when I was a few years ago, my parents and I went to go to a screening of 2001 A Space Odyssey in at the Arclight Hollywood. I miss it. R.I.P. R.I.P. Awesome, awesome thing that we did together. Great times. My dad wore socks with flip flops. It was wonderful. And I walked out. And I thought, and I and I sl- I went to bed that night, and I woke up the next morning, and I thought, you know, I just watched this incredible film. This gr- it's truly one of the greats, like this, you know, pinnacle of cinema, filmmaking, artistry. Oh no! And I thought, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> sometimes you watch a movie and and you're just too dumb for it, and it's it's so beautiful to make peace with that. And, what and it, it was tarnation? It wasn't an upsetting feeling. It wasn't like I wasn't angry. I felt so much peace and and comfort in myself, and knowing that I simply was a little bit too dumb for 2001: A Space Odyssey, and I feel I may be too dumb for the television or the the television film network. I got it. And I enjoyed myself. Don't get me wrong. But there were a few things where I was kind of like, what? <laughs> and maybe, maybe, and maybe I was thinking too hard on Red Taylor's version. Maybe we got lost in translation. Maybe I asked for too much. But I, I, so maybe that was what? an issue. What? what? But I felt, what? I felt dumb watching this movie a bit. Okay. Okay, 2001 is a fascinating comparison point because at least 2001, if you don't get that movie, you almost have a better time. Like you can okay. kind of just vibe out and just be like, and that's you why know I what, felt man? Fuck it. When I woke up the next morning, was because right. I was like, I saw pretty things. Uh huh. <laughs> I got the overall gist of the thing. <laughs> Whereas network kind of prides itself in mostly taking place in dingy newsrooms yeah. and the most soul-sucking of, of offices. Yeah. So maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but I feel like as just a complete, just visual vibe-based piece of media, <laughs> it doesn't quite give me 2001. <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying they're similar in vibe at all. That's not right. what I'm going for. I'm just going for the fact that um, they're two different movies that I walked out of being like, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just too dumb for this one. <laughs> what, 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 what about Network are you too dummy for? I, I don't even, how do you even like dive into this? Like where to begin? Do you think it's a, I had to be there type of thing? Yes, I do. I genuinely do. I feel like I feel like Network, I can tell it's a great film and I, and the performances are great, which you can just say no matter what. And I think it's shot really interestingly. I'm obsessed with the way they did like the show where, where they would all like turn around. Oh, that was awesome. I do think there is a level of contextualization that I don't, a level of context that I don't have. Like, yeah. I don't understand how Network Television as I mean, like I've taken TV classes in school, you know, like I took a couple of business of television classes, but like to truly understand like how 
people consumed television and like what the consensus on like the general vibe of the United States of America was because at the time it did feel like there was more of a general vibe. Like now, obviously, if you you watch Fox News, you watch MSNBC, you're literally in two different countries. But like at the time, it felt like there was a way more. And again, that is because at the time, the only people who were considered people were like, (laughs) you know, was a very small faction of the American public. But like it is hard to grasp grasp like i'm watching this thing that is about how like all of america responds to this one tv personality and i kind of can't wrap my head around that you know and i kind of can't figure out like what's the goal here i feel like i was waiting for a big gotcha moment at the end and it maybe never came like i was like whoa he got shot but (laughs) spoilers for network what you're 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 you couldn't relate to a a grand, uh, long-standing TV personality turned political stalwart that takes over the entire mental real estate hey, of a whole country. Hey, you couldn't tap into that at all, Miss Layman. I <laughs> the did gr- the great moral depression of the past five years. <laughs> I just thought it was so strange and disjointed how they were like. Okay, but you know who the real villain is here? This lady <laughs> who's good at her job of being a demon. Like the uh, yeah. the job is the job is like okay, let's find the most mentally ill man you can find and get him to scream into our camera. And yeah. she's like, "You got it, chief. Found I got him. seven on deck." And then the guy's like. William Holden is like, she's terrible, and I, I'm probably gonna come back to you later, but I'm in love with her. And then she behaves terribly, and he's like, You're so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> that that romance is so crazy. When she comes on top of him talking about the federal Incredible. government. Ay, yi, yi. What one, of the fun- one of the funniest demon. things I've ever seen. And you're just like, this is it? Well, Hilarious. Le- okay, there's a lot to dive into, uh, evidently, of both what the movie is and like what the real world is around this movie today yeah. and then. But wh- what did you know about this movie? What did you know going into this? Faye Dunaway won an Oscar? Yeah, Faye Dunaway wins an Oscar. Peter Finch wins an Oscar. And William Holden's wife in the film wins an Oscar for that five-minute scene she has. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love... Oh, my God, I want to put that on breakfast cereal and eat it right now. I love that so much. I love that. Incredible scene. Oh, my God, I'm obsessed. I love it. She wins an Oscar for it. Uh, It's also the same year where I believe there's another woman uh, in All the President's Men who has mm-hmm. a scene that is literally just four minutes, and she is also nominated for an Oscar. Ned Beatty is in the film for maybe one to two days worth of shooting. He is nominated for an Oscar. Okay, but that scene is incredible. Oh, God. I mean, to name all the incredible scenes in this fucking thing, which is, we, it, we, it'd just be a list of mania. That but, scene so- reminded me a lot of, um, quick note, of our my favorite scene from Mank at Hearst Castle. Oh, yeah? Oh, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I see, okay. I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, where yeah, Hurst walks I, him out. Yeah, I, I mean, Mank. I wish was a more memorable film, 
but like (laughs) the powers that be of like look this is just how it is it's fine if you notice how fucked up things are but guess what baby you can't do a single thing about it so not one thing might as well just keep hawking breakfast cereal and uh and new economic policies on your new show buddy because nothing's gonna fundamentally change yeah uh, but so, like, everything that I brought up earlier about, like, all the foundational inspirations that Patty Chayefsky and Sidney Lumet laid out for decades of, of film and TV that you love to come, did you, was that in your head all these years of, like, oh, yeah, Aaron Sorkin loves Network. Oh, this thing is like Network. No, I, I didn't know a thing about this movie. I got this movie confused with broadcast news. <laughs> <laughs> And something else, too. I love broadcast news. Broadcast news rips. You like broadcast news, Kev? Yeah, decidedly more optimistic than network, I would say. <laughs> Very much so. I mean, like, it's just the key difference in just how you see the control rooms. Like, in, in network, it's just a bunch of people that have done this job so many times, they can't even pay attention to when the guy says he's going to kill himself. To broadcast oh, news. that was so funny. You have Holly Hunter. Like, this is like, she's done thousands of these broadcasts, and yet when she's doing every one, it's like this tantric sexual experience of her, like, just turning every knob, cutting to the right transitions. It's, uh, it, it makes it seem exciting in, in, uh, I mean, in a way that ultimately breaks that character, but still, like, <laughs> makes her day every day. Whereas Network is just like, watch these people just be burned alive limb by limb (laughs) this is so stupid this is me proving my head is empty i don't think satire works for me satire no work for you satire no work for me satire no work for you i mean please by all (laughs) means expound on that i don't even know (laughs) i just feel like it's so I don't know. I don't know. I, I sound too dumb when I talk about it. But I'm like, <laughs> what are you satirizing? You're just doing it. <laughs> I feel like I'm bullying you. This is like. <laughs> I don't know. This feels awful. <laughs> Can't keep talking. Can't keep talking. So satire doesn't work for you. No. Is it especially like such a I mean, I don't know if it's I think maybe at the time, if I was a person living in the 70s, I would have been like, this is I don't know. I mean, I guess succession is kind of is satire. Is succession is very much doing what network is doing for its time. Where it's like Exactly. So I like succession. So I think it's just like hard for me to watch that and be like, ah, I get this because I'm like, I don't really truly get it. Like, I don't have that level of understanding of media in the 70s that I could just be like, ah, ha, ha, I get it because it's like this, <laughs> you know? But like, obviously I can understand satire currently, like in, in terms of, I feel like succession is a perfect use of satire. It makes so much sense to me. And I feel like people's responses on Twitter are even, even make it even better. It illuminates the text because people are so stupid and they can't get that it's satire. <laughs> So I guess that kind of answers a question of I, I network is one of those kind of classic films, one of the few that people will often point to as being like, oh, this could have been released yesterday. Like this feels modern enough. This feels like relevant enough 
that this doesn't need to be a period piece. This could just be a thing that you drop today and it makes sense. Does it not make sense? No. <laughs> media, our media landscape has changed so much. But that much? Yes. That much? That much. Did you hear how many shares they were talking about? Do you know how many people that is watching television? Do you know how much pe- television people watch now? Like when I was in college, which was like, what, eight years ago when I was taking these classes, like we were talking about like two share and they're talking about getting 30 something share of like network ratings. This movie came out when there were like how many channels? 15, maybe. <laughs> like there's this movie doesn't even kind of hold up with what we're currently working with in terms of our media landscape even in the last five years you know like this movie was probably deeply relevant by like what 2005 2000 no maybe more like yeah i mean yeah we i mean i don't think it needs to be a direct correlation but like the fact that we still have cable existed basically I, but, like, I don't think it's even coming from, like, how many channels you have. I think it's coming from, like, an angle of, oh, no, the mega conglomerates uh, basically own all of these networks. Like, the, where um, Robert Duvall is from, I think he's, like, the the head guy from CAA, which is, like, yeah. the main big man Ned Beatty corp that just owns the news network and probably a few others. It's like they are run like there is no ideology. There are no countries. It's Exxon. uh, It's every oil company. It's, you know, I I think it's it's. Yeah, you're right. Like we now have 4K TVs and we now have like charter spectrum. But I think that what that's only kind of like paved the way towards is that now the sort of like the share margins are so split up. But the most successful ones are still owned by the same four companies. You know, like Amazon just bought MGM like last year. You know? <laughs> yeah. The fucking company that produced this film is now an Amazon company. It's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be How alive. How AT&T, literally AT&T, the phone company, owns all of Warner Media. <laughs> Every, <laughs> AT&T owns Batman. Like, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> I don't know. I I think what I'm thinking about more is just that it's like impossible to consider that like anyone would. But I guess that's literally what Trump did, where like everyone would be paying attention to what this person was doing, you know? Like, I I, I do think we're still in an age of like a popular broadcast host taking up a large portion of the American media share. You know what I mean? Like, no, I think I think Tucker Carlson is a huger figure than any of us can like possibly conceive. Maybe, yeah, you know, but but like that is just like I said before, like half of the country, maybe probably less. I don't know. Tucker Carlson's fucking huge, brother. That man is the face of news. It is it like more than uh, what's his name? More than Hannity, more than O'Reilly ever was. Anderson Cooper. Honestly, yeah, probably more than Anderson Cooper. Like it, it is, it is horrifying how much. Even in today's age where you have so many options and so many avenues with which to check your information, Tucker Carlson still has like a nightly 4.3 mil, which in the grand scheme of television, like in comparison to the 70s, is chump change. But now but like, it's huge. But yeah, but now that's that's that is absurd. 
seen. I feel like this movie would be modernized by like a Twitch streamer. <laughs> Probably, because like twit, like live streaming, like Twitch is owned by Amazon. If you threaten to kill yourself on an Amazon-owned streaming network that was mostly populated by like little gaming zoomers and people like spamming pog champs, then yeah, that would be pretty yeah, saucy. It'd be a huge that'd, deal. That'd be pretty something something. You know what I'm curious about, Aya? Speak. What do you want to know? Like, is this a movie that you're kind of content? to be dummy about or is there actual is is there context that you're searching for that would maybe make this movie feel a bit more complete in your head canon well i simultaneously feel like i don't know anything but i kind of but i almost am like am i just is is this just information that i've had for so long now because it is a part of my daily life and like i did study literally like study television in college that it doesn't that i'm i'm like waiting for the gotcha moment but the entire existence of this movie at the time was the gotcha moment and i'm like and so they're like whoa 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 wait 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 like if this movie came out now it would be like so like on the nose where you're like yeah we know disney owns everything and like people celebrate that now because we've gotten dumber <laughs> like the like, entire gen- entire world has gotten dumber where like if it came out now and you're like oh so amazon and disney own everything and it's like yeah it's like cool that means i get to see spider-man at disneyland <laughs> like i think it's information that like I think now that I'm considering it, I'm like, oh, we just like already know this, you know, like we know people in media who like want to take advantage of, you know, this one person and buy him and make him talk about something that will further their political career, their financial situation, everything, you know? Yeah. I do think that the argument that network ultimately (laughs) makes, though, is that, yeah, you know this, you know that there are only four major networks, but did you know that it was more than just, oh, it's what's on my TV? This movie seems to be making the argument that it's not just the news, it's not just uh, the bionic woman, it's not just like your Friday night essential shows. Like What these networks' existence means ultimately leads to how much you pay for gas, how much uh, you're going to pay for your mortgage, whether you can pay that mortgage and whether your wages will stay the same. Like yeah. it's, 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 I feel like if you, if you drop this movie today with the same way that Chayefsky and Lumet elaborate their points, it would be like, yes, Disney now owns all the media you like, but did you know that Disney also allowed Jamel Khashoggi to get murdered by Saudi Arabia? You know, like yeah. there's, there's that extra step beyond that this film goes to to truly make you understand that it's not just the TV screen. These are the natural ways of our life that we have now filtered and basically laundered uh, both money and power through that now dictates our entire life. Yeah. I I, I was curious about that though <laughs> because there, there were a lot of dissenting reviews at the time led by like Pauline Kale. I think there were a few at the Post. They were kind of going down that route of this is a preachy movie of people that just yell at each other trying to explain things to me and it's not a movie. And then there is a whole other roaring contingent obviously that has upheld this movie as one of the greatest of all time as being a great satire. 
which Patty Chayefsky and Sidney Lumet would straight up say, we did not write this as a satire. <gasps> Chayefsky was very much trying to do the whole, I want to be a prophet thing. Like he was just like straight up, I think this is going to happen. I think this is what the trajectory of television oh is going to be. Oh my God. So while it's read as a satire and while it has like a lot of like the basic comedy elements of satire, this is these two guys playing it very straight. Does that change anything for you? That's so scary, Kevin. <laughs> That's so scary. I mean, ostensibly they were right. It, it they weren't right within their lifetimes. It took they around right. yeah. 45 years for us to truly feel the effects of the downfall. But they were 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 they right? Were they largely right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Is Howard right? Is that the same question to you? I don't think it's the same question. I don't think it's the same question. I don't even this know. Is, what, yeah. I couldn't even tell you what Howard was trying, was going for. Yeah. I mean, this is a movie that really reminded me of The Fly, where you could listen okay. to Jeff Goldblum ramble on and on. And on your first viewing, it's just like, okay, he's just, he's just going du- sicko mode. He's just doing his thing, okay? <laughs> Whatever. I, it's just noise. But like when you watch it a second time and you truly listen to him, it's like, oh, this is like a tortured man that maybe has a point. I feel like maybe Network works at that same caliber where it's Peter Finch just literally, like, he died of heart failure before he could win the Oscar. It was the first posthumous Oscar win. No. He is, ba- when you see him on screen in this film, you are watching a dying man. Holy. This is a, Truly an actor who is putting the very last bits of his life into this performance. Wow. At that same token, a lot of it is a stark, raving, mad lunatic just screaming about shit. Yeah. So there is that sort of, like, propensity to, like, just hear it as noise and not have it fully come through as, like, oh, this this motherfucker's spitting. I don't know if he's spitting. I don't know. I don't know if he's spitting. (laughs) I mean, I want to ask you, did you know about the Mad as Hell sequence? Was that something that you knew in your pop culture catalog as being one of the great famous movie scenes? I did not. I feel like I've never, I feel like I've heard the phrase before, but never in association. This movie carried zero cultural value to me until I watched it. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, okay, I get get Aaron Sorkin a little bit more now. Uh and I get succession, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I see it's, I see the, the, the cultural waves it's made, but like before I knew literally nothing about it and I, I didn't even really know it was a thing. I was the, uh, most, I was going to say I was one of the biggest cringe lords in my senior year of high school. Hey, now who wasn't? But when I truly think back at what I did. Some of it's a little cool, and I can't decide what this was, but we had a film and music festival at my high school, and I did a, a, a DJ set. I got into DJing in high school, uh, and I still did a lot through college as well. Like There was like a, a fall concert with Bauer, was the headliner, and oh, yeah. I opened as DJ. It was very funny. It Cute! Awesome. I scammed my way into that. But it was all because I didn't like the DJ that was doing all the homecomings, so I just taught myself how to do it so I could uh, ruin his <laughs> livelihood. Wow. And so I, I did a, a, a spot at this music festival where I essentially played that speech 
over like an EDM trap song. <laughs> and it was like, cause it, it, maybe I'll play it at the end of the episode. I have, oh I literally have, I have the playlist sitting in my iTunes right now. But I, 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 it was like these big dramatic horns and these big drums playing over the mad as hell thing. <laughs> and it was the closer to. <laughs> oh, and then it like we're actually, fun. It, 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 it was the second to closer because the closer was like this lo-fi sort of like chill remix of uh, of a One Direction song that I found. Which one? Uh, oh, you're beautiful. How have you oh, never played this for me? Because uh, I haven't opened up my iTunes since I was literally in high school. You should send, you should forward that over. <sighs> Keep it in your pants, buddy. <laughs> um. So yeah, this scene has been with me for a while now. Wow. Uh, it's I mean it's it's one of the great written scenes in in cinema. Quote on you know TM. It is the one that people always go to as like one of the great monologues. Uh, and it was nothing to you. It was squat to you. It wasn't nothing to me. Um, it just didn't exist to me. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you think of it? You now just watched one of the most famous movie scenes of all time. That's wild. I see why. <laughs> Great take. That's it. <laughs> Terrific take. Thank you. Thank you. Please subscribe to IRS Big Boys for great, stunning takes. Baby. Holy smokes. Yeah, it was. I mean, what am I supposed to say? It was like, you know, so powerful. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think it's interesting that Howard Beale is coming from this angle of like, super left anti-establishment pure doom pill rhetoric and yet he is basically a mad conservative <laughs> like you listen to that mad as hell speech and it's so fascinating how much he harps on just punks running around violent crimes are up nobody's doing anything about it and then he starts talking about like air quality and like a bunch of things that you can kind of get on board about yeah but for the first part of that speech, it's very like Charles Bronson and Death Wish. It's just like, well, if the cops aren't going to do anything, I'm going to get my revolver and do it myself. Uh, and so I, I was wondering, like, with all of like Howard Beale's speeches, did they ring to you in this film is like, OK, old man, go off. Or was it kind of like, eh, I'm a little I'm feeling a little icky about this guy getting all this. uh Real estate, I don't know about this guy. Well, I don't know. I just feel kind of like one of those, you know, those tweets where like, where like, you know, like there almost does feel like sometimes you hear someone who's like extremely leftist and someone who's like, or someone who's like extremely conservative talking and there's a moment where you can't tell which side they're on because they're like, <laughs> you know, oh, people are running around and they're taking our freedoms and you're like okay either side could say that you know <laughs> or like you know like the, like the, 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 there's like the same level of fervor there's the same level of is this a conspiracy theory or is it or is it like true and i feel i felt that way about these speeches where like i did feel kind of like you said about the fly where i like almost wasn't even paying attention to what he was saying i was just kind of like 
we are mad, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And I do feel like that's very fair. I'm like, hell yeah, we are angry. I feel like people are really mad. But then, you know, there it does get it. It dips into those like places. But like, that's kind of I don't know. You see an old white man screaming on television. What are you thinking? Like, oh, yeah, I'm sure this guy's making some great points. (laughs) I do ultimately think that Howard Beale in this film is like a force for good. And I find it so funny and just like absolutely accurate that as soon as he swallows the doom pill, that's when he loses viewers. Like it's not the reality that people want. It's like the uproar that they are hungry for. Yeah. That's what they'll stay around for. And it's like he ultimately, without even consulting with her, proves Faye Dunaway's character completely correct. Completely one bajillion percent correct. In that that is indeed the direction that network news needs to move into. Yeah. To attract any semblance of like feverish viewers. She has she has some things to say about society. Oh man. I uh, I let it be known that I am still completely zooted from the maybe food poisoning. Of course, yes, of course. So now that we're, we're going to talk about this Faye Dunaway character. Okay. I, there are a lot of different directions that this conversation might go in. Okay. I might, I might go full Howard Beale. I might start screaming and faint in the middle of it. I would love that. <laughs> Folks, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's, wh- what, what do you think of this, of this insane woman? I had the time of my life with her. <laughs> she time is- of my life. Oh man, what a fucking demon. I don't have I don't a genius. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think it's so silly. This movie's silly. This movie you watch this movie and you're like, oh, this is the blueprint for like every horrible misrepresentation of women on camera of all time ever. You're like, oh, I I get what the the second waivers were all upset about, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Third waivers, I suppose. Like this, this is one of the worst, you know. And like, I, obviously, you know, I love um a bad woman so much. I love a, a female antihero. I love a girl boss. You you want to know about girl boss gaslight gatekeep? That's Faye Dunaway in this movie. (laughs) That is Faye motherfucking Dunaway. But it just felt silly to me that she was so horrible in every single way. When I was like, she's very clear about what she wants and what she's doing. I don't think she's a bad person. That's insane. I don't think she's distinctly different from any other character in this film. I think every other character in this film is like just the same amount of stark raving lunacy and like not even human. Yeah, just but they com- behave as if she's like weirdo. the devil for it. Because well, she is. She's like lit. She is so good at her job, and her job is deteriorating the very fabric with which we live in. <laughs> like if, Hell yeah, if you, like yeah, if if my one talent was tearing apart the space time continuum. Honestly, girl boss, girl boss. I'm not expecting any roses. I'm like, don't give me no shine for that shit. <laughs> like, I, one of her best moments in the entire movie is during that mad as hell speech, where she has such content skull that she's just kind of like <laughs> ga- glazing over everything that Peter Finch is saying, 
And then as soon as he says mad as hell, as soon as he says the buzzword that she has been going to every meeting in that company about, she is radiant. She is glowing. She, When she gets her own viewpoint and life affirmed with that buzzword reverberating throughout millions and millions of TVs, it is the creation of a full, it, it is, it is Brundlefly. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it is a full on, blah, blah, blah. it's so good, but also a mortifying. Girl boss. Girl boss. Girl boss. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Girl boss. Coca-Cola CEO. That's my sis. Sis. Queen. Yes, queen. <laughs> Get that check, girl. That lady who uh, made Quibi fail alongside Katzenberg, my queen. Elizabeth Holmes, gatekeep. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Spencer yet? Sorry, quick side note. Have you seen Spencer yet? No, I haven't. Oh, damn it. Princess Die is never something that I, I ever cared about. So it wasn't something that That's I was rushing out to see. That's why you should see Spencer. I mean, I guess. Because it, it's I like mean, not it, about, like, like it is obviously, but like, I don't know. I I really want to talk about that movie with someone with someone who like doesn't care, you know? Okay, because it's the it's the rough combination of I'm I don't really care about too much about Pris, uh, Princess Die, and I also am not a Kristen Stewart fan. So it's All a right. bit of a it's a bit of okay. a it's a bit, it's a bit of a tougher sell. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll get to it though. Jackie is a movie that I wish was good. So I I'm gonna you don't like Jackie. I think Jackie plays all of its cards in the first 10 minutes and then just keeps trying to show you those cards as though they're new for another 100 minutes. Yeah, but that's what I like about him. Because that's literally yeah. what, that's like the Kennedys. That's like literally the Kennedys' MO. <laughs> right. But I kind of just wish it was a Gucci ad, if that was the case. Like, I kind of just wish he did the Harmony Corinne thing and just did like nine minute short films about these about- young, beautiful actresses <laughs> playing doomed women. About Well, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to hear takes on Spencer a little bit. I just like I saw that movie with two people who know well one person who knows like a lot about the royals, about Diana, about the whole situation. And she walked out of that film truly furious. Like she was like, I hope to never see a second of that movie ever again. And then yeah, my friend That's what I hear. My friend who like is familiar with like like the history of the royals like history and like but is more into like like camp i would say we we walked out and we were both like i don't know what the fuck i just watched i didn't hate it <laughs> like it was so <laughs> it's a bizarre mo- it's a really bizarre movie you did invoke um the gucci name um oh no and i would like to just say this right now i'd like to say right now for the for the 15 people who listen to this podcast Jesus regularly Christ. if when you see house of gucci text me dm me <sighs> Just want to talk about it. Just want to know what you have to think. I haven't even seen it yet. I just know I'm going to want to talk about it. Are we done yet? Is this? Is, are we done? <laughs> no, I want to talk about. I I got. I'm so excited for movies, Kevin. I'm so excited for them, and I love to talk about them. And there's so new. There's new movies to talk about, and it fills me with joy. Did you just discover words? What is happening? What is? You ever going- <laughs> heard of a movie, Kevin? You ever seen a picture? You ever seen oh my a god oh my god i love it i'm so excited i'm so excited movie you know what you said 
Movies are back. Movies are freaking back. Movies are back. I said that? You say it all the time. The movies are I back. Ne- I, all, I literally I guess always say movies are dead. You're yearning for <laughs> movies to be back. I think the movies are back. Just for like, I think the movies are back. Just for like, for like 14 people. Because <laughs> um, some people are not happy with them. But I'm having the, I'm having a, bl- a ball in this bitch, if you will. <laughs> My friend just texted me so many texts that were like prefacing her statement. And then she said, um, I'm in love with Dylan O'Brien. So that's where we're at right now. Headspace, baby. I also saw a tweet that said, "Oh my god, I, oh I was my gonna god." Say this, but I didn't want to be the one to say it. That um, Dylan O'Brien could could do Brokeback Mountain, but Jake Gyllenhaal couldn't do Teen Wolf. Where, where are we? <laughs> where are we? <laughs> um, somewhere else. We're in the zeitgeist, baby. I'd love you to catch up. What you, the f- you fainted. Actually, I am a figment of your imagination. <laughs> Jesus Christ! This the real Aya is calling nine one one. She's calling the ambulance. Oh, my God. I, I'm literally having a hot flash. Yeah, you could walk to the hospital. You're pretty close, actually. <laughs> I am sweating buckets. <laughs> Gee, what the fuck? Where, where did this take? Where- I requested that we talk about an Adam Driver movie this week, and you said no. So this is what you get. <laughs> yeah. Because Why? <laughs> The Adam Driver movie doesn't even come out till next fucking week, you bimbo. Oh, I also watched The Last Duel, as you know. <laughs> okay. The movies are back. What are you... <laughs> next week? Next week? What are we even talking about? I don't know. We're talking about House of Gucci. <laughs> D- did you, what ha- Were you so <laughs> fundamentally checked out of network that you just... This is just what we're going to do. Did you, did, you, did you enjoy Network or did you even try watching Network? You know me too well at this point. Did you even? <laughs> you know me too How well. much of Network did you, did you have on mute? None. I watched Network full volume, I promise. I had my, little, I had my, my noise-canceling headphones in, I promise. What? Were you listening to Taylor Swift's Red while no, you were watching Network? I watched the first hour of Network and then I paused it for two hours and then I finished it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and that's why they don't always a girl boss. And that's why Diane is a girl boss. And Diane actually pitches one of the greatest pitches I've ever seen on screen. Diane pitches, quote, a homosexual soap opera, The Dykes. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'd like to be watching. (laughs) We love a girl boss who will weaponize insurrectionist terrorism to adjust her false slate. We love that. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, oh, well. She had to for for the slate, for the numbers, for the ratings, for the shares, if you will. I think in the grand scheme of of big boy movies that hate women, I do think that this is incredibly apt at hating a white woman for the right reasons. Okay. I Fair. think this is where I, I think a lot of other films, even like fucking, especially the Sorkin ones that are in the footsteps of this do not quite understand what patty chayefsky is getting across which 
a quick note on Patty Chayefsky, a very proud mm. Jew, a very proud supporter of Israel, which is always very surprising mm. given how ultimately anti-establishment of the United in the United States he is. Yeah. It is so bizarre to have views this left-leaning and ultimately still not see a single thing wrong with Israel. <laughs> with it is his- absolutely mind-blowing to me. Oh my god. That you can god, have the guy dresses the hot dog. We got to find out who did this. <laughs> To have this trenchant of a view of where American money comes from and goes to to maintain an empirical order in the world, and you're still pro-Israel. Wild. Wild. Wild, wild. Well, it's a really complex situation, Kevin. I don't know if you've heard. Look, I want you to tell me all about Patty Hearst in just a second, but I do want to lay out something for you. Busting at the seams. (laughs) And maybe even for the listeners at home, just in terms of context for network. I don't know much about the TV scape other than the TV shows that are explicitly mentioned in network. Uh, The shows that are mentioned as coming up on the nights they come out. Those were actually the nights they came out. Those were real shows, real schedules. Think so. I beyond That's that, cool. I haven't That's watched really cool. fucking Bionic Woman. I haven't seen any of that shit. What yeah. I do know though is that seventy six. This is three years after Nixon resigns. This is after the Watergate scandal. This is during Gerald Ford's presidency. Gerald Ford, of course, the president, literally nobody remembers. You see a picture of this man and you will yeah. swear you have never seen this never fucking chode in your entire life. I, I have looked up Gerald Ford numerous times throughout the years. I had a history minor in college. I looked him up today and I was like, who the fuck is this? And so that is all to say. And multiple people that, tried to kill him. <laughs> people like, tried to kill him, which is to say, I am quite certain from the reading I've done that people had the same viewpoint when Gerald Ford was president. <laughs> Nobody knew who the fuck this guy was. All they yeah. knew was that this was Nixon's replacement. After Gerald Ford, you have Jimmy Carter, who has a one-term presidency in which he essentially establishes a sense of malaise in the United States that ends up in incredible inflation, uh, basically a new recession, and just a a faltering American sense of superiority in the global marketplace that, of course, tees up Ronald Reagan to dominate the 1980s, and then the Bush family to dominate the 90s. Bill Clinton does a little bit of Jeffrey Epstein partying in the late part of the 90s, and then we get right to George W. Bush, and then right to Barack Obama, who does carries on many of the same things that George W. Bush did, but with a nicer PR slant on it. So really what Gerald Ford is, this is sort of the beginning of the end. This is what network takes place in. It is like right when America is sort of just existing rather than completely fully dominating. Because the decade before this, the CIA is literally just going into any country imaginable and starting a new radical war. 70s, a bit cooler on that because Gerald <laughs> Ford and Jimmy Carter 
have no great ambitions. They are not great men in the grand scheme of history. It is why your grandfather, who voted Republican all his life and wants like trickle down economics, uh, hates Jimmy Carter. It is yes. the weirdest yes. Republican That's opinion. That's all I've heard. Worst yeah. president. It was very weird take. A man who literally just had no mark on history. And that is ultimately what makes so many people mad. A man is that they didn't regularly, ruin more people's lives. They regularly try to gas up or like they're not, you know, they're like, oh, the liberals are so out of touch with the with, you know, the good people of Americans. Like he was a peanut farmer. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and your guy was the actor. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I don't know what you're going for. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's honestly kind of similar to uh, what we're living through in Biden. Although Biden is very clearly like, oh, so you're just doing a lot of what Trump did, but again, with a better PR slant. Uh, but well, in- you can't blame Biden because he is um, physically in 1954 still, so we can't really take it out on him. <laughs> Be kind of rude. If if he moves his arm in a 90 degree angle, he will literally snap the bone. Yeah. It's t- <laughs> what are you going to do? <sighs> and of course Kamala Harris has the charisma of a plank of wood. So we're well, doing great. Well, she's a girl boss. <laughs> oh, she's a girl boss. <laughs> and we did it, Joe. So we are currently, I think what what what's slightly different from our state of malaise currently from let's say a Gerald Ford state of malaise is that we are in the end times. This is it. We can see the end in front of us. Like I, what network does with that whole subplot about uh, uh, Howard Beale talking about how the Saudis are blocking our entire oil uh, distribution or or collection rather? I want to bring up a new story that has come up this week that has been oh boy circling for a bit. Aya, did you know that Saudi Arabia is withholding oil production? Because Biden won't meet with Mohammed bin Salman, who murdered Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi. <laughs> Do you understand that, a, that to quote uh, investigative reporter Brandon Smith, a power-hungry gazillionaire murderer is butthurt that the president won't meet with him after he had a Wash Post columnist killed. To a few hundred people around the world, inflation is a game they can play. This is literally, like, we are recording this the week of literally the exact topic that Howard Beale was ranting about in 76. So, in terms of context of what's kind of happening in the political media landscape of network, I don't think you're too dumb. I really think... (laughs) I really just think you just haven't connected the fullest dots yet because really, really, I am. (laughs) It's like I'm not missing a plot point. I just need to recognize that it's simply the like the missing plot point is simply happening. It's it's (laughs) it's simply the current global landscape, (laughs) honey, darling. It simply just is I uh. cool very cool oh man so tell me about patty hearst 
which I who I bring up, of course, because uh, Network has a a Patty Hearst corollary. Uh, it has a Patty Hearst stand-in. Yes, but oddly enough, it is also a film in which Patty Hearst exists. She is a real person. So Patty Chayefsky is essentially just putting forth the idea that there are just heiresses getting kidnapped by the bundle. By <laughs> bundle, I mean, it spice things up these days. Um, I mean, I, I, I think we should kidnap more heiresses, I think, in a video game. Uh, truly, I think, instead of buying their Sephora drops, we should just kidnap them. Well, I don't think it should be that. I think that we should just have more heiresses become, like, radical terrorists. <laughs> oh, okay, I see that. And okay. then later try to claim that they were hypnotized. Because that's what Patty, Patricia, Patricia Patty Hearst did. My queen. No, not my queen. I'm just joking. I just am obsessed with the story. So the funny thing is that about this movie is that it was released in 1976. It was started filming in January 1976, which when we talked about in our last Lumet episode, how I was very confused and like kind of curious about like the pipeline of like script to, you know, in theaters and how quickly that was or how slowly that was. And, like, Lumet works fast. Like, this movie came out in 76 and it started filming in 76. That's wild. It starts That's filming so in January crazy. 76. And in also in January 76 is when Patty Hearst goes to trial for Holy shit. what she had done as a part. <laughs> well, truly, uh, like, what on God's screen? Oh, my God. As part of the SLA. So... So in when they mention her name, it's literally just, it's happening right it's happening. then and there. Yeah, like, it's happening. Like, oh I mean, God. by the time the movie came out, I think that, it, like, the trial was over, basically. And, like, yeah, in, like, March, it was when she was finally convicted. Patty Hearst was kidnapped from her Berkeley apartment, where she lived with, like, a much older boyfriend. She was 19 years old. She And Taylor Swift, she write a song about that, too. And so she was kidnapped from her Berkeley apartment, and then she was forced to buy a, like, radical leftist group called the... Let me get the name correct. Let's see. It's just, like, it's shortened to the SLA, the Symbionese Liberation Army, which is directly referenced in this film. People criticize them for kind of not really saying anything and just kind of causing wreaking havoc, uh, which is shocking for white people in the uh, Berkeley area. Um, the leader was a black man, and a lot of people do believe that he was like paid by the CIA. And there's like a there is a theory that like they he was paid by the CIA basically to make Kennedy look bad <laughs> and to make like um, Democrats look bad. Which okay. I think is fascinating. And so uh, she was blindfolded and in and she and like, you know, blindfolded as their uh, their uh, prisoner, basically. And then a few weeks later, I believe she is seen in video footage. Uh, There's a few months. So there's video footage of her announcing that she has joined the SLA and is now a member. And then a few days after that, there is video footage of her at a bank robbery declaring in one of my favorite parts of the story, <laughs> she it's her big moment to because there's there's video cameras now. There's like surveillance cameras and they're utilizing the surveillance cameras 
as part of their whole bank robbery technique and their whole like terrorism technique is that it's all on camera. You know, like this is a huge deal because of because of technology, because they're releasing tapes to the press and being like, we have Patty Hearst. We, you know, like we she announces it over a video camera that's sent to the press and then on she's filmed at this bank robbery declaring herself as part of the SLA and she goes my name is Patrick not my name is Tanya and she literally fumbles as she's declaring her name to the world so her name is now Tanya because she has um gotten rid of her whole identity basically she is really involved with them gets involved in like shootouts is part of the SLA for truly like almost a year i think and then finally she is caught and captured. And it is only once that she has been captured that she declares that she was hypnotized and brainwashed, basically. And so this is like a huge landmark case for the, you, you know, like when you plead psychiatric distress or whatever, she pleads that she was brainwashed. And that is a huge debate because no one, still no one can really tell if she was actually brainwashed or not, because how could we possibly know that? She probably is the only one who could actually know that. Uh, it's fascinating and it was a huge media circus, obviously. And so it makes a lot of sense that it plays a huge role in this movie because it like it was a huge. It was kind of like a precursor to the 24 hour news cycle where every day it was like new information about Patricia Hearst. And then the whole uh, trial became a big deal as well. Do you th- what do you think it, it it adds to the ultimate subplot here of the maoist communist uh the maoist communist terrorist group that ultimately lines up into faye dunaway's office to have their own reality show i think i think that it makes a lot of sense like i can definitely see like based on what you know about the sla where they truly like they had no morals or anything really like they had like you know their manifesto or whatever but they were really just kind of like a group of kids like they probably would have they would have done that too patty hurst was basically their reality show through the news and she was like okay no no no, let's just make it all our own profit (laughs) she girl boss the girl boss the ultimate girl boss patty hurst because she, she gaslit. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't know too much about Patty Hearst until you told me oodles and oodles about her. Oodles and oodles. I did I gave a full presentation before we watched The Bachelor one week. <laughs> of course, yeah. I I did mostly ask you to do it again on this episode because I forgot most of it, but I appreciate <laughs> that now it is on the record. So whenever I need to relearn it, I just re-listen to I Two versus times the boys. speed, listen to I versus the big boys. <laughs> like I have the book X. right here, baby, holding it in my hand. <laughs> oh, but written by Jeffrey Tubin. Written by disgraced writer Jeffrey Tubin. Wonderful. There you go. How many pages are stuck in that baby? Does he stick each page individually? Is that how he Ew. signs them? Ew. This one right here says... I love to jerk off on camera. I don't know why he wrote that in there. Um, Ooh, strange. Wow. <laughs> that Ford. Wow. Why was he playing so coy the whole time? There's a chapter called feminist bomb making. That's hilarious. <laughs> Do you think humans were meant to think in TV knees? No. We were never meant to communicate so broadly. I think that this generation is proof that we were, we were never meant like community like we are a community based 
species. And we have tried to make the entire world our community. And that is simply not how humans were born to function. Do you, and that is why the world is ending. <laughs> do any of the pros outweigh the cons? Or do the cons overwhelmingly weigh over the pros? Uh, the pros would like, like, like the cons are that we like have global warming <laughs> because of like mass uh-huh. industrialization mm-hmm. so that we could like communicate with each other. Yeah. But the pros, I get to see BTS in two weeks. So, <laughs> hey, I get to drunk test this girl in Australia. You know, this podcast like it's fine. exists. <laughs> this podcast exists. It's all good. It's all a wash. <laughs> Apparently, we have 40 years until. Parts of Latin America are completely underwater, mm. and there's a great migration into uh, land. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, I think so. We're going to be in around our late 40s when the real catastrophe in comes 40 in. years. Okay, I guess yeah. Like right? Wait in in 40 years? Oh no! Sorry, we'll be in 20 our 60s. 2040s is when the great uh, disaster is supposed to happen. Oh, in the 40s. Sorry, in the 40s. I misspoke. Okay, uh, so we'll, be it's our, actually, we'll be in our 40s. We'll definitely be in our 40s. It's even sooner, uh, according to uh, climate scientists. That's sort of the timeline we're looking at at the moment. Was us watching Succession and The Bachelor worth it in the end? <laughs> was us having our nice, sweetie little goodies? Um, 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 was it? Was this the right way for the Titanic to go down? <laughs> Would you have done it any other way? I'm mostly worried that when like the <laughs> like, real apocalypse uh... happens, like my knees are going to be shot. Like I feel yeah. like late 40s is a really testy type of age for me to get into my Mad Max mode. That'll be a That's tough one. That's a Jack real Bruce. tough one. That's why I don't you know always see these damn movies be. about teens in the apocalypse, because where are we going to be? <laughs> <laughs> are you already the old lady scared of the teens? Yes, we should all be scared of the teens. Why? They're, they, they're so stupid. <laughs> all they do is learn about social theory on TikTok from other teens who do not understand social theory. Oh my god, so I saw this TikTok about how um, blinking is actually a sign of trauma. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, that was mean. And I shouldn't be making fun of the teens because they will cancel me. But <laughs> it is... The um, teens are so fucking dumb, they are somehow all going to die before you and I die. It's actually probably very fair. I don't have high hopes for them. I'm so sorry. I don't. I don't have high hopes for them. Not a single, a single dash. There's not one, one even ounce of like media literacy among them. There's not one level of critical thinking, actually. I think it's like there's no critical thought there. And I think they're capable of it. I just think that. um, And our generations were already bad at it. And we're not very good at it ourselves. I just think that like, um, you know, they. like there's no balance between like what you learn in school and what you learn in- on TikTok with them. Like it's all like, well, I learned more on TikTok than I did at school, which is like probably fair some days, but maybe some days you should uh, read a damn book. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I sounded so doomer. That was so annoying. I hope no one listens to me say that. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I sound so old. I'm four thousand years old. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Whatever. Would you have listened to yourself when you were 16? Yes. 
Oh, you asshole. No, you won't. <laughs> you fucking dumb liar. I have a lot of respect for older women. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's interesting to see how much the kids are getting politically radicalized given so many of the key political figures that would radicalize are so crusty. Like, you really got to, like, who is, who are the Zoomers Howard Beale? Like, who is, like, I feel like it's, it's much more in vogue to get, like, hot leftists that are telling you that Bernie Sanders is good and you should vote for Medicare and fight to make sure that you're, there's good mutual aid in your city. Who the fuck is young and alive and getting these teenagers to like vote red like when they're That's 15? That's wild to me. I have no Who idea. Who the fuck is pulling that off? There is nothing sexy remotely about being a Republican. It's like being conservative. Like I, t- being a teenager is the only time the perfect time to be as left as possible. Yeah. And if you taper off in your adulthood and you are weighted down by life and you're like, well, capitalism is going to eat me unless I eat it. Then I understand why you might turn right later in life. But like 16 and being a fucking far alt right weirdo. I don't get it. How are they doing? <sighs> Man, the power of racism, I suppose. <laughs> I guess so, brother. I fucking guess so. Because I know it's not fucking critical race theory. Kids do not pay attention in school. No! Kids are not learning the true dimensions of the United States, no matter what fucked up curriculum you teach them. So it's not school. So who the fuck is giving them the network? I don't know. I mean, I guess they just, like, respect their parents still. Oh, what fucking losers. (laughs) What absolute losers. What an Elner, dude. Oh my god. I want to live in my mommy and daddy's footsteps. Shut the fuck up, little bitch. Oh my god. Oh man. I uh as much as as Faye Dunaway is a content demon in this movie, I there is something ultimately quite appealing about her pitch. Of I just okay. want mad, angry shows. At a time very similar to ours right now, where we're in this transitional period where we're pretty sure things are just going to get worse. That's kind of like the similarity between the two. And today was Disney Plus Day. And to see 7,000 fucking announcements about new Marvel shows and new Jungle Cruise things. I didn't see a one. I didn't see one. I, I see all that bullshit and I'm just like, you know, I just want like a show where just someone walks up to someone and shoots them and then they <laughs> go to a bar and then they get shot. And then the guy that shoots that guy, he goes to an arcade and he goes to like put his kid to bed and then his kid shoots him. And it's just 43 minutes, five season run. Like at a certain point when all I'm getting is a fucking Kate Bishop show Oscar Isaac doing an English accent as Moon Knight oh, in a fucking Marvel zombie show. I can't wait for that. <laughs> I just, you know what? I just want people screaming. I, and that's honestly why I love Succession so much. It is one of the most black-hearted television shows I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, it is so funny. 
seeing TV critics try and say, oh, poor Kendall. Oh, I hope Shiv gets out of it. You stupid fucks. That is not how this show is meant to be experienced. You are rooting for which one is going to end their life first. Like, it is just the the coldest uh, comedy maybe uh, of the entire decade. I do feel like one of the Roy's is going to, like you just said, I do feel like one of the Roy's is going to like shoot themselves in the head at the end of the season. Yeah. Which one is a toss-up? But I think it's going to happen. And it's Connor. Oh, I was thinking, no, Shiv would be too Shiv is to too do pr- that. Yeah, it's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, the only one that would upset me is Roman. I, I know I shouldn't be rooting for any of them, but I, I have a soft spot for Roman. Because I just want to see him fuck Jerry once. So I, bad. You know what? I <laughs> want to see Jerry fuck him. Yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. Um... Do you want your shit to get angrier or do you, what do you want? Because obviously it seems that we are both quite um, like displeased. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, I, th- th- we, there are like new movies and that are like, they're fun. You know, you know, I'm, you know, we're, we're getting the movies are back or whatever. Uh, is there anything that's like life changing? Like, do you feel like this is the shit like in 2018 when you watched Suspiria and Little Women in the same month? Like, God, what a, and what a month it was. When I was little, my mom and I always used to watch things together, and I would be like, that was amazing. And she would be like, nah, all these things are the same. And we were watching, like, you know, we were watching original things. Like, we were watching original stories at the time still. You know, it wasn't like I was showing her, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and she was like, it's just like the last Ant-Man. We're watching original movies, and she's like, that's a lot like the last, you know, it's like a lot like everything else. And I was like, you're so old. I can never be like that. I'll always be fascinated by creations. And now I'm like, it's all the same. (laughs) I'm having a good time. As I said, I'm having a ball in this bitch a little bit. I'm having a good time with my little movies coming out, but like, is it me or is it media? I don't know. Only novelty that's coming out is Real Housewives of Potomac and the new ways they find okay. humor each All other. Right. That's enough. That's we're cutting you off. I, maybe that, but maybe that's why I'm interested in reality TV because it's not like I have to like endure like you know a multiverse in any way, except for maybe when they do their well when they do the special show where they like different housewives from different cities go to like one place. And that will be really cool for me. That's my well, that's my Avengers Endgame, but. Like, I don't know. I think it's nice to have these things where it's just people being extremely stupid and finding new ways to be extremely stupid t- together, which is why you love Below Deck. Like, it, the, the I'm getting things from these programs that I can't get from, I mean, obviously, I think there's, like, Succession, but I can't get from, like, fucking, I don't know, Winter Soldier show, you know? I uh, we're, we're nearing the end of our network conversation. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that you went into this conversation being, I am too dumb for this, maybe. Yeah. Now we're on the other end of the tunnel. Do you have any lasting impressions of what uh, of what network is to you? Maybe it's proof that I'm a genius. <laughs> okay. I don't okay. know. What the fuck? Just, <laughs> what? <laughs> Maybe I've come around and I'm actually brilliant. Okay. I'm like a I'm like oh. a voice of my generation. Oh my god. Oh my god. Could be. Oh my god. <laughs> You remember I that think, time in like the early 2010s where we just started calling comedians prophets? Oh my god! Remember when Not that was a really, thing? That we okay, <laughs> I don't know about it, we. 
But it's like a largely like if people love calling Lena Dunham and Louis C.K. Fair prophets. Well, well, as as she declares, she's the voice of her generation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, I think it'll be a very interesting movie to like watch with my parents one day and be kind of like, can you guys tell me what TV was like when you were when you were teenagers? <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about that. <laughs> I wa- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This incredibly dense film about the sociopolitical state of the United States in the mid 70s. And you what just want to know. What does network mean <laughs> to you? I told you. just want to know what fucking Bionic Woman was like. Ask like, my professor of, of t- television business that I took in 2014 what network means to me, Kevin. <laughs> What do I take? What do I take away from network? What's my takeaway from the picture network? Yes. Um, what is your takeaway from the picture about network? Watching um, Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip. Now I never have felt that oh way. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> one of the um, seminal, I like more fade one of the, the seminal American classics of is of the nineteen seventies and of the entire twentieth century. <laughs> makes you want to watch Studio what is largely considered on the sunset one of the bottom three Aaron Sorkin creations. That's not true anymore. You can't even possibly say that anymore. Molly's no, game no. exists. Oh, no. I'll say it. Oh, no. <laughs> it's that sports big... <laughs> show. It's, it's fucking Studio 60, whatever. Molly's game. Yeah, and Molly's game is number three. Studio 60 is number two, you fuck. Are, there are people out there who are Studio 60 heads. Yeah, How could you it, say this to them? It's called they have it's because they have mental like you, diseases. Do you like, do you like the newsroom? I saw huh? someone's review of this movie. I saw someone's review of this movie and was like, "This is why the newsroom is better than network." And I thought my head was going to blow up. I'm going to <laughs> blow myself up in a video game. I'm going to make a bomb and attach it to my body in a video game. Oh my um, god! Who that said was a wild that? Take to me. I don't remember it was on Letterbox, and I was like. This is the scariest thing I've ever read in my life. Jesus Christ. The newsroom is so cowardly. Have you seen the newsroom? Yeah, so that should be in the bottom three. It's number four. That's how bad Studio 60 <laughs> is. <laughs> I, I think I watched the first season of the newsroom. Je- I, I just like watching Jeff Daniels act, and Olivia Munn is very hot, so mm-hmm. the newsroom gets a bit of a bump because of that. Yeah. Jeff Patel's in it, too. Oh, yeah, he is. It was recommended to me by someone who was like, I love TV. And then I watched the newsroom and I was like, oh, you just like TV that makes you feel like you're smart. That's not actually good. <laughs> it is um, it is profoundly smug television. Yeah. It is disgusting. I watched two seasons of it and I don't regret a second because it was every minute was deranged. Do you remember when every five seconds you would see the clip of like, why is America the best country in the world? <laughs> and so network (laughs) makes you want to watch (laughs) that writer's second worst show a show that does not work because it is about a fake tv show no one cares about (laughs) endemically to its core recipe it does not work you that is what network did it makes you want to watch a trash show. Yes. Do you like the films of the 1970s? What 70s films like, have I watched now? <laughs> I feel like we're hitting a pattern. 
I feel like we're hitting a pattern. We're hitting a freaking wall. That's of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> is there a decade what 70s cut movies off for I've you? Seen? What seventies there... <laughs> movies have I seen? I'm looking. I'm looking. Yep. All right. Okay. Alien okay. was okay. Apocalypse Now was all right. Halloween rips. Grease, I think, is the worst movie ever made. Uh, House, uh, one of my favorites of all time, but that's Japanese 70s movies. So we could talk about that another time. Uh, Star Wars, bleh, Suspiria. I like Suspiria a lot, but that's Italian. Taxi Driver, that was fun. Dog Day Afternoon, that was pretty fun. Jaws, we love Jaws. Love Jaws. Uh, Monty Python, eh. I love Young Frankenstein. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was fun. Chinatown, that's a good movie. Exorcist, that's a good movie. The Sting, yeah, that was a good one. Heartbreak Kids stressed me out too much. Pink Flamingos, that was fun. Cabaret, yeah, okay. Uh, Willy Wonka, and the, I'm, I am looking on Letterboxd at films that I've logged from the 1970s. The Aristocats, perfect movie, and A New Leaf, I love A New Leaf. That's my list of movies from the 70s. Wait, that's it? Yeah. How many, how many do you have on your Letterboxd? How many does it say? 26. You've watched, you've watched, You've seen 26? Wow. From the 70s. Wow. I guess that's why we started this podcast. I just like, <laughs> I, it's just not my, it's not my freaking decade. I go, I've on record declared that I hate Grease. And you were like, yeah, it's a very 70s movie. <laughs> the one decade the 80s. that I feel guaranteed like artistic freedom in American cinema. That's the one Meh. that's not your bag. <laughs> not my bag. Oh, this is great. And I just went on a rant this about is how, awesome. much I, how much I don't respect media anymore. And my favorite jo- my favorite decade of media is the 80s that literally was like signed, sealed, delivered for this generation. <sighs> <laughs> and that's on duality. <laughs> Folks, some may call it the duality of woman. I call it two titties. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into it. A lot Let's of hunks and hotties up here in this newsroom. Who's giving me the most breaking story? Hottest of the flick, 1976. Sidney Lumet, Patty Chayefsky, Network. Who you got on deck, Aya? This is, uh, this is a toughie. This is a little bit of a tough one, I'll say. This is a tough one? I think this is a quite a tough one, yeah. It's Faye Dunaway. Easy. Really? easy she leans back in her chair and she says i don't want to play bitch boss with you and i was sold and i and i stepped in with her and that's my girl boss that's hottest girl boss of the flick i feel like this the sick truth is that you you truly do love a girl boss i love girl bosses Amy, but like, Amy but Dunn like genuinely. is a girl boss. <laughs> no, 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 but like genuinely. I do not. How could you say that to me? How could you say any of the shit you've said for the past hour and 15 minutes? <laughs> you, you dolt. <laughs> this motherfucker's going to Target and literally getting the girl boss canvas sign. Had I not stopped or had I not stepped in as the knight in shining armor to save you from a lifetime of cringe. <laughs> so I, I level you out, Aya Layman. I level you out of our time. <laughs> I couldn't pay attention to this movie because I had to pause and listen to the most girl boss album of the of the century. <laughs> Man, this is so fucking. I love a complex diseased. woman. What can I say? Man, that's the funniest part. Is that I'm 
pretty sure this character is she's not complex at all she's literally just like she's like i am not complex she says i am a villain and i don't have i don't care if you have a problem with it sydney lumet literally directed her by saying like in rehearsals i don't want you to show a shred of vulnerability if you show vulnerability i'm cutting it out and i love that that's fun kevin i'm not i'm not gonna hang out with her I'm not like trying to hang out with Faye Dunaway's character in this movie. I, I have to ask. <laughs> I I looked on Letterbox and you liked a Brat Pitt review. I need to check. I, I need, need to, check. to just double check that you don't earnestly love a girl boss. Oh, Brat Pitt's a nice girly. Don't be mean to Brat Pitt. I won't be mean, but the, her review was literally everyone was so mean to this woman that was just doing a really good job at her own career. I was like, oh, I feel like I feel like I I feel like that's a a bit. (laughs) You think that's a bit? I hope it's a bit. I also fully was like, I fully was like on Letterbox while I was watching the movie. (laughs) So I hadn't even really finished it yet. So really what we're learning is that the better the film on Ivers, the big boys, the more she's checked the fuck out. (laughs) I'm out of here, baby. (laughs) Oh man, uh, I'm gonna go with Ned Beatty because I, I think I liked her. I liked her review that said, "You think Karen Sorkin has ever jacked off to this?" <laughs> That's the review I like. That's a good review. The comment below it, where she does her real review horrific oh i didn't i did not read that oh no no it's, that is what i read because that's where she says that the newsroom is better than the network oh it was her that said that yes so i like the comment that Aaron, about aaron sorkin and then i saw that and i was like oh <laughs> brat pitt come on the show i would love to have her i'm choosing ned Beatty mostly because and they specifically styled him to look like teddy roosevelt who apparently sort of steamrolled not steamrolled but he got the ball rolling on this idea of all industries forming the greater ideologies of our nations uh our so sitting lumet says i have not read too much on teddy roosevelt but really why i'm choosing ned Beatty is that he's the ideal fat man this is like my i like when i think of like big fat man it's this ned Beatty male performance this is what peak male physique looks like this is it. I do want to say William Holden. I was about to say William Holden actually is not not serving. He's not not serving. This is one of the finest William performances Holden, of his whole career. Famous Pasadenian? There we go. Pas- there we famously go. from South Pass, went to PCC. Wow. A very private man, apparently. Did not want people to know that he was a Pasadena man. <laughs> uh, I, think, I, I think he's a... a He's a bit too old to be dashing, but I really do love that he plays into that and that how when he gets let go from the network, he is ostensibly just this fossil that sticks around. Like when he meets up with Faye Dunaway for the multiple times throughout the second half of the movie, there are moments where like those scenes kind of feel like a drag, but they feel like a drag for a reason. Like this is a a guy that is hanging on. This is like his day. day. Yeah, he's just to an industry that has let him go, but he, just by pure traditionalist values, he cannot let go of it. Uh, and you know what? Just all, all hail the, the almighty Peter Finch, who performed so fucking hard, he literally died. I want to sit in those restaurants and eat a steak and drink a whiskey sour yeah. and then eat just like a 
big piece of cake. Mm. But it's kind of, oh man, that's, I, I really love that. Let's go to Tay after this right now. <laughs> I'm down. I'm totally down. I, 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 one meal I do want to shout out that I'm always like, I, I, when Robert Duvall is at that table with like the three other guys and they're eating the saddest spring mix salad you could oh, ever imagine. I don't know why that jumped out to me too. Okay, oh my so God. it's not just me. No. And, it, and just like the coldest, most like everyone's getting just spiritually berated while yeah. just eating these bland greens. Wait, what? Oof. Goes to show there is no such thing as having too detailed of set direction truly there's no such thing that that salad clues you in if the scene was on mute exactly what the mood of that table is incredible <laughs> shit masterful shit cd lumet one of the best to ever do it kevin i think you're one of the best to ever do it <gasps> folks what thanks for listening to versus the big boy <laughs> that's not true she does not believe that that just came out I of her do. mouth like you're, a fucking you're a great host of this, <laughs> this of this little program i think you do great work oh my god just keep me on track show. just Have get a the great fuck out of here thanks for listening to aya versus the big boy today i uh in one of my greatest moments i surprised kevin um, with a entourage reservation for opening night at House of Gucci <laughs> in prime, baby. Prime. Well, it's because I surprised you this morning with licorice pizza tickets, and so you returned the favor oh, yeah, by surprising me with House of Gucci tickets. <laughs> <laughs> a very equal exchange if I yeah. do say yeah, so yeah, myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and we that's probably, why you do <laughs> we should probably buy our tickets for next week's movie ahead of time get some good seats for that what do we see next week <laughs> i can keep going i know the verse at least it stars people's 2021 sexiest man alive paul rudd thank you for listening to aya versus the big boys on the Ground magazine podcast network please rate review and subscribe to the podcast please follow Ground magazine at mgr magazine on twitter instagram and facebook please email us at aya versus the big boys at gmail.com subscribe to the patreon patreon.com slash mgrm who knows maybe i'll watch curb your enthusiasm i i couldn't say oh. maybe i'll make that choice tomorrow when i get my booster i'm knocked out that's it that's all we're gonna get doom pilled hard next week yes. yeah this episode was doom pilled just wait thanks for listening stay safe enjoy streaming red taylor's version you have messed with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> Beautiful. Don't be mad, don't be mad at me. No, 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 no. Tell it how you stop it, even if I want it. Don't be mad, don't be mad at me. No, 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 no. I miss what you were saying. I was miles away. Don't be mad, don't be mad. Now I got a choice. I was busy thinking about boys. 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 I was busy dreaming about boys. 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 I was busy thinking about
Boys! Hugh Howard. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I want you to get up right now. Get up, go to your windows, open them, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Things have got to change. How many stations does this go You've out? You've got to get mad. I know it was to Louisville and Atlanta. Hey, they're going to take this anymore. Then we'll figure out what to do about the depression and the inflation and the oil prices. But first...